welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, Emma Roostrack. Melissa, how are you? Great. And how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well here in New York, where we've got 90 plus degree humid weather, but we're we're doing well. Doing well. Oh, it's it's 80 here today, so it's a little bit oh. better than what you have. Now, yeah, definitely. You have the book "Respect in the Church Place." Did mm-hmm. I say that right? Okay. You did. Would you like to tell us about that? Sure. Um, Respecting the Church Place is a book that I wrote about three years ago, and it's dealing with um, sexual misconduct, sexual abuse in uh, in the church. So, um, and it's kind of apropos for what's going on these days with the Me Too movement. But um, the reason I came up with the book is I've been in human resources now, going into my 28th year. So all through my human resources career, I've dealt with sexual harassment cases, and I've done training in sexual harassment for corpor- you know, for the corporations I've worked for. And I don't know if you're familiar, you're familiar, like in the in the late 90s, early 2000s, when there were several allegations of very well-known and high um, and high-profile ministers being accused of sexual harassment, and um, you know, of course, there's been the um, the uh, complaints with priests. And one of my friends Please in HR said to me. One of my yeah, friends in HR said, Cardinal. hey, Mark. Yeah, Go exactly. Ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry. that Caprice Cardinals, you're right. No, that's okay. And one of my friends said to me, he says, Turner, and he said it in just Turner, you know, you ought, to, you, know, you ought to give this training to the folks in your church. He knew I was involved with my church. He said, you ought to give this training to the church leaders in your church. They could use it. And he said it as a joke, and I said, you know something? This needs to be dealt with. So, um, you know, I set out to write this book. I did a, I did a survey among church congregants. Did a lot of research, and um, one of the things I say in my book is try Googling uh, the three words pastor accused of and see what pops up on the Internet. Just hundreds and hundreds of accusations of sexual harassment um, and sexual abuse against the, the clergy. So I did this book as sort of a prevention, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure uh, to help our, you know, the church clergy, which is whether pastors or church leaders, teachers or whatever, uh, to prevent them from... Um, these allegations coming up. It's a wonderful undertaking that you did because, like you said, back in the 80s and 90s, I remember watching it on the TV with my grandmother and going, "Yeah, what are they doing? They're supposed to be pillars of the community. Yeah, And it was very sickening. From a child's yeah. perspective, I, w- I was growing up in the '80s, so I was still very much mm-hmm. a child at the time. But sure, it, and you still have allegations, not as much, thankfully, but you mm-hmm. still have them today. 
Yeah, yeah, and and the, you know, the, and you're exactly right. I think one of the one of the, sh- the shame of it is in in corporations these days. You know, no one st- goes to a company without getting sexual harassment training. Uh, it's it's high on the priority list of every company. They must have this sexual harassment, sexual abuse, or any kind of harassment training for all their employees. Uh, but the church really did not have those policies in place. Uh, you know, a person could be a, a deacon or a you know a trustee or an usher or do some kind of work in the church or a pastor, and not go through this training. And they'll learn the Bible. You know, they'll get Bible scripture and theology. Uh, but they won't get this training on prevention and what's to do and and what's right and what's appropriate and what's not and and so that's why I that's why I went on and t- undertook the uh, the writing of this of this book. And from what I know about the church, there's also the pastors that help victims of this crime because this is a crime, and exactly. they don't have any training on how to deal with it, but yet they're trying to counsel. The victims. Mm-hmm. That's very it, it, true, and one, of, yeah, yeah. One of the things I say in my book, and Melissa, in my book, Melissa, is that I say uh, to our pastors, to the pastors who uh, are dealing with these issues, you know, tr- deal, work with the people in your church that are trained, or better yet, send your, you know, junior ministers or your younger ministers, send them for training on how to deal with these types of situations, uh, because you might not be good at it. And then there might be instances where you shouldn't deal with a possible, if you're a male pastor, maybe you shouldn't deal with a female uh, uh, congregant who's going through these issues. Maybe it should be someone else, but get someone who's trained to deal with that professionally. And that's one of the things I touch on. Yeah, Yeah, some things need to be taught. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'll edit that out. But um, some things need to be touched with gentle hands or gentle words and with a yeah. professional training or professional background. It's just not exactly. something just anyone can handle. Correct, correct. I, I also deal with an issue of, you know, when uh, you know, people come into the church and they're made ushers or they're made greeters or they're giving a specific uh, duty in the church, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important for, and I, come from an HR perspective, it's important that you get the person who's the right fit. So you don't want to put someone who's a uh, who's going to be dealing with people who doesn't like people, who does not work well with people. Why would you put a person who's, you know, a, not a nice person as an usher to greet people in? Uh, so I deal with things like that. Put the people in the right places where they could make a fit. So one of the things I suggest is you know, with your congregants, find out who are who, who are the social workers in your ministry, who are the people who are who are the doctors, who are the uh, the social workers, who are the psych, you know, professional whatever profession, yeah. and use those people to in their in their professions to help you in, in your in your congregation. That would be an excellent idea for all churches. And then there's a saying that I like: put your aces in their places. And once you have the aces. <laughs> Where they need to go, then everyone else just kind of fills in, and it's, exactly. everything runs smoothly that way. Exactly, exactly. And that comes from my own managerial training that I learned through years of training. So. Mhm. <laughs> yep. So, now we have this book out. Do you have any other books currently published or getting ready to be published? <laughs> No, what what I'm doing is I'm I'm I've 
this book has been out now for three years, and I'm looking to probably put looking to put out a second edition <clears throat> because there's so much that's happened since you know, over the past three years. You know, with the with the Me Too movement, uh, certain laws. Uh, you know, things over the last three years. <laughs> the political climate has changed. A lot has changed over the last three years. So uh, again, I'm looking to uh, to possibly put out a second edition. Um, I did have a um, a suggestion by a good a pastor friend of mine. One of the things I did not deal with in the book, I only touched on it briefly, was uh, what if a person is falsely, actually falsely accused of a um, of you know of a uh, of um, sexual misconduct, and how do you deal with someone who's been falsely accused, and how you know, basically how you handle that? My book basically deals with prevention. On you know, and one of the things I say is the best way not to get accused is to not, you know, the best way to pre- to not have it happen is to prevent it in the first place. So I will right. probably have a add a I'll add a, I'll add a chapter on that because you know again, and I've been in HR for 28 years. There have been several instances of false allegations against um, against managers. Um, for retaliatory purposes or whatever, uh, grudges, and they've you know, made stories up. Um, the sad part about it is that it's almost like the person is, is guilty and to prove innocent when these allegations come up. So, um, oh, I know. and it's, it's uh, yeah. Go ahead, yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's, that's something that I think would be a good earmark in your next book. There was a yeah. case where I live at just recently where a woman – accused her manager of harassment not knowing mm. he was part of the LGBTQ community, and I'm hoping I wow. say that right. I don't yeah. use any mm-hmm. disrespect for that. Um, sure. But he, he kind of laughed it off. The company mm-hmm. that he worked for didn't laugh it off, obviously. No. But, um, wow. He was being accused of something that, Completely is against his nature, and there was a big write up on on it in the paper and everything wow, wow, in a way well, it shouldn't have gotten to the paper, but it should have been de- dealt with in the house yeah yeah it's it's really and you know it's in it, and it happened in the Bible. Yeah, you know, there's a Bible story uh, where Joseph um, uh, had been imprisoned, and then he had dreamed. You know the you, probably, you know the story, Joseph, uh, the dreamer, <laughs> and he he was actually in the Potiphar. The uh, worked with the king, with the uh, Pharaoh at the time, Potiphar, and his Potiphar's wife came on to Joseph, and uh, he as he tried to get away from all her advances, and she cornered him one day. He ran away, but she grabbed his cloak. And she accused him of raping her, of molesting her. And he was thrown in jail. He was thrown in prison <laughs> again. And this is in the Bible. And, again, it's another, you know, instance of, you know, he's guilty until proven innocent. And he eventually right. was exonerated. He eventually was exonerated, but after spending time in prison. But, uh, you know, that's uh, – it, it's very touchy. Um, and um, it's it's – like I said in my book, it's – Let's try to just avoid all, everything. And, and in the book, I talk about okay, you know, we talk about zero tol- zero tolerance. And I say some of the things that I'm talking about might seem old school, they might seem a little old fashioned, but you got to remember, when something happens, it can't be taken back. Words can't be taken back. A touch, an inappropriate touch, can't be taken, can't be you know removed. It's happened already. It's out there. So let's be precautionary. And it's better to you know, as they say. Um, air, uh, air in, uh what's the air, air in caution, than to uh, to take a chance. 
And um, I talk right. about things in my book, like things to say. Either certain uh, uh, things could be misconstrued as pastors will say something to a congregant, and it can be misconstrued. We all know stories of you know students falling in love with their teachers or doctors, anyone in in a in a, uh, in a power authority. It can happen. People can get crushes and. Anything you say can be misconstrued. You know, oh, I love you, you know, and I want to see you do well, and the person can, you know, it could just, it, could, it can be misconstrued. So I talk about in my book things that you should try to not say uh, or a certain way to word things so to make sure that your words aren't misconstrued. Yeah. And, and that, that in itself is very hard to do because words can be taken at face value or People mm-hmm. can search for a deeper meaning behind the word. It's exactly. all in perspective. Yeah, it is. Perspective we, is all relevant. It so. really is. It really is percep- perc- and perception. Uh, we do a skit, and when I when I do my sexual harassment training for uh, for corporations, and we do a skit where John says to Mary, um, you know, there's two ways he could compliment her, you know, on her appearance, and the first way he says is. Mary, that's a very a very nice dress that you have on. Uh, it looks very nice, very nice dress. And then there's the other way. Mary, I love how that dress is look. It looks on you. It's fitting you really well. And goes on. So you know that's a, yeah. an extreme example. But but we talk about you know compliments. You know, is that something you know, that you, we should look we could look at? You know, the way to compliment or how to compliment. You know, I talk about looking. Um, you know, watch where you're looking. And things of that nature, little simple things that we might not think about, you know, but now we need to think about it because of, uh, you know, the, the climate that we're in yeah, right po- now. Yeah, the political climate is yeah. changing daily, sometimes for the better, sometimes not not so. It just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. One of the things. One of the things. One of the things I also talk about, which is really important, not only in the church but in the corporation, is is accountability. And I think many of our pastors, uh, and I've been in the church my my entire life. I've worked under many pastors. I'm a musician as well, so I've you know played at many churches, and I, you know I'm an elder in my church and work with my pastor. But I think many pastors um, need accountability. You need someone who can tell you, you, you not be a yes person and say, pastor. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Um, I talk about David in the Bible and how he had um, accountability to actually to three people. A lot of people don't know that he was accountable to Nathan the prophet. He was accountable to his uh, head of security, and he was uh, accountable to his priest at the time. And um, we all know the sin that David did with Bathsheba, and he thought he would get away with it. But Nathan the prophet came in and said, "Hey, you know, David." <laughs> he called him on the carpet. He had someone to call him on the carpet. And I think a lot of people in power, whether they be a pastor or a CEO of a company, uh, president of the United States, they all need someone to be accountable to, whether it's a committee, whether it's a person. Uh, they need to be accountable to someone, for someone to come and say, this, this is wrong. You need to watch yourself here. Pull your coat there. They need to be accountable. Yes, they do. That's very true. Now, is there a place that readers or uh, clergy members can get a hold of you should they have interest in your book right now? Sure. Right or, now, I would ask them to 
yeah, I would ask them to email me. I'll give my email address. Uh, the, the, uh, the publishing company is no longer that published the book. I used to have it on there, and I used to have it on Amazon, but since they uh, no longer in existence, if they email me, I'll get them the information for the book, um, uh, and I could get the book to them, but I'll give my email address and be glad to do that. Several pastors have thanked me already. Uh, some pastors have asked me to come and, and talk to their leaders in their church uh, just about um, respect in the church place. And I came up with that title just while I'm thinking about it. We used to do a, uh, a, a whole two-day session of training at one of the corporations I worked at, and the title of it was Respect in the Workplace. And it dealt with you know, sexual harassment, and, among many other things, and workplace harassment and all that stuff. And that's why I called the title of the book Respect in the Church Place. So I do have several ministers and pastors who have asked me to come and speak to their uh, junior ministers or, or elders in training, ministers in training, uh, or their leaders in general, whether they be Sunday school teachers and deacons and trustees and ushers and and even people on the media ministries, they've asked me to come and, and talk about uh, um, uh, my book, Respect in the Church Place. But I'll definitely give you my email address. I'd be glad to share it with uh, with anyone who's interested. Would you please share it with our listeners? Yes, I will. My email address is mrk.turner, and the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll repeat that. That's M mark as in, M, as in mark, M. R K dot Turner, the number one at gmail dot com. They can also go to my visit my. I can also they can also visit my Facebook page. I'm sorry. They can also visit my Facebook page, uh, Respecting the Church Place on the Facebook page. If they uh, Google that, they should be able to get into my Respect Yourself Church uh, um, Facebook page as well. Okay, and I hope we get to back on Amazon quickly with this because this is something that really needs to be out there. Thank you. And then Thank you. We're gonna... You're welcome. And that's all for today. And I'll see everyone, or rather talk to everyone tomorrow on Atlanta Mix 108. Awesome. Thank and you very much. And Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you very much, Melissa. You're welcome.